Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Now I want you to remain standing momentarily. I want us to read a passage of scripture together this morning and then I'll have you seated. Psalm 23. And it'll be on the screen here for us. Psalm 23. And you may know this psalm, but today I want to share something with you from this psalm that really has impacted my life and I believe it will impact yours. This is coming from my personal devotion time today. There are times that when a minister speaks, the Lord says, I want the people to know this. And then there's times that I want you to study this. And then there's times the Lord say, put them together and share it with the people. And today is one of those times. Let's say it together. Are you ready? Let's say it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How long? How long? How long? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There are moments in our life that we have been attacked in our emotions so violently that it causes us to want to quit, causes us to want to throw in the towel, causes us to want to wave the white flag, causes us to want to throw up our hands and say, I I quit, I'm over, I'm done. I don't want to handle that anymore. How many can relate to what I'm talking to? Discouragement can creep in secretly. It can hide behind clothes. It can hide behind makeup. It can hide behind hairdos. And by the way, you like my new hairdo? Don't look good. It can hide even behind a smile. Discouragement is so bold that it can catch a ride with you to work. (laughs) And if it doesn't catch a ride with you to work, it'll catch one home with you. Discouragement will walk into a middle-class home, sit down at your table, eat dinner with you, watch TV with you, 
If you have kids, it'll play key, it'll play with your kids with you. Scourgement will even lay down in the bed with you and go to sleep. Scourgement can walk into your office. And you could share great Facebook and Instagram photos and share all the fun that you're having, but you can be discouraged. Discouragement can laugh, hide behind a hearty laugh. It can be phony, make you feel a certain way, make someone else feel a certain way about you. But all the while, discouragement is right there with you. Discouragement can walk into a mansion. It can go into the nice cupboard, grab the nice bottle of wine, pour it in a glass, put your feet in a jacuzzi, sit down right by the jacuzzi with you, put your feet in it. Sip on your glass of wine and say, life is not worth living. And Psalms 23 is the remedy for discouragement. We're in this world, but we are not of this world. But in this world, we will have tribulation, trials, pressure, stress, Distress, we'll have the opportunity to feel discouraged. We have the opportunity to deal with mental anguish, the opportunity to deal with physical pain and experience things in our bodies and in our soul, in our emotions. But Psalms 23 Very powerful psalm that we just read. Many of you know it by heart, and if you don't, I want you to memorize it this week. Matter of fact, I want you to read it every day this week. Psalms 23. Verse 1 says, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, notice it doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd. That would be great. But it's better that the Lord is my shepherd. And it goes ahead there in verse one, it says, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. In verse 27 of that same passage, he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. The good shepherd knows his sheep and they follow me. Now, a shepherd is a profession that mainly in Bible times, nobody really wanted to be a shepherd. Matter of fact, it's the reason why David was a shepherd, because he was the youngest. And so they gave the, the, the bottom of the barrel type of work to the youngest, and that's why he was a shepherd. Nobody else wanted to tend to the sheep, because sheep can be hard-headed. Sheep are dumb animals. Sheep think they know the right way and the wrong way, and they, they think they have it all under control. And uh, I don't know if you ever tried to be a shepherd or tried to lead anybody, but it's hard to lead folks because they already know what to do. No one, I read this this week, I thought it was great. 
no one, no one really cares about things being changed. They care about themselves being changed. That's the real fear that I'm going to be changed. Things could change, but don't change me. The Lord is my shepherd. And the Lord's been talking to me about this. This is, this is personal because he's my shepherd. And the shepherd is the one who leads, feeds, and protects. He leads, feeds, and protects. The shepherd, he leads you, he feeds you, and he protects you. And if we're going to be led, we're going to have to allow ourselves to be told what to do. If we're going to be fed, we're going to have to make time to be fed. And if we're going to be protected, we're going to have to do what he says. The Lord is my shepherd. And he says, I shall not want. I shall not lack. I shall have everything I need. I I shall be abundantly supplied. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not lack anything necessary. Whatever it might be, the Lord's my shepherd and he's going to provide for it. Whatever it might be, the Lord is my shepherd and he's going to take care of it. Whatever it might be, the Lord is my shepherd and he's going to make sure I have it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I was thinking about this. We can take this verse, I shall not want, and also say, I shall not want what he will not provide. if, If he don't provide it, I shall not want it. But we're in a society that we can get what we want even though he didn't provide it because you have something called credit. Well, I'll just go get it. I don't want it if he can't provide it. I don't want it if he can't give it to me. Matter of fact, Scripture tells in 2 Timothy 1, he doesn't provide fear. I don't want fear. He doesn't provide it. God has not given us a spirit of fear. I shall not want it because he doesn't provide it. And I don't want anything that he can't provide. The Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. Then it says, he makes me, verse 2, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the steel waters. You know, sheep are hard to be made to lay down. It's very difficult to make sheep lay down. Uh, that's why the shepherd has to make them lie down. Because in my study of sheep, I found out that if a sheep is afraid, he's not going to lay down. If there's fear, he's not going to rest. He's not going to lie down if fear is present. If there's friction, if there's like dissension, if there's like agony, if there's like uh, just uncomfortable situations, the sheep is not going to lie down. Uh, they're very social animals and they want things to be at peace. Sheep won't lie down if that's going on. Sheep won't lie down if they're hungry. Shoot, I bear, I, I'm a sheep. I can't lie down if I'm hungry. I got to get something to eat. Uh, sheep won't lie down if they're hungry. If there's famine, they won't lie down. They want something to eat. Sheep cannot lie down when they're hungry or if there is trouble like uh, 
flies. <laughs> they, if they're being bothered by tortured by flies, they won't lie down. You got to get rid of the flies. If we're being bothered and tortured by uh, words and comments and, 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 and things being proked at us and pricked at us and demonic activity, it's hard for us to lie down. And so the shepherd has to make them lie down and how he makes them lie down, or I, can, I like this word, how he causes them to lie down is he gets rid of the fear. He says, you know what? Listen, you might be in the presence of fear, but you're not under the power of fear. You know that God, let, let me share this with you. God doesn't remove us from the presence of the of fear. We are in the presence of sin. We're in the presence of fear. Doesn't remove us from the presence. But he tells us that if we trust him and if he becomes the our shepherd, that we don't have to be succumbed to the fear. So he can make me lie down. He says, listen, I'm going to sustain you. You don't have to be hungry. I'll take care of you. So he makes me lie down. He says, I'll get rid of the flies and the bugs. And if you trust me, I'll handle all this other stuff. So he makes me lie down. In green pastures, it says. And then he leads me beside the still waters. He's causing me to rest. He's causing you and I to rest. Because the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. He makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. So he's taken us to a place of tranquility and a place of rest. Now, now understand this, that in this place of rest that the, that the shepherd is providing for us, it's a place that we're going to have to depend on him. Completely depend that he is doing what he said he's going to do. It's, it's, it's a place that we have to get to where we say, I believe that God is going to do his job. My job is to believe that God will do his job. Not I'm going to do God's job for him. Because then we would not be at a place of rest. At that point, we're at a place of trust in ourselves. And Proverbs 3 says, trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge him and he will direct our path. No, we're going to have to trust the Lord and say, Lord, if you're leading me to green pastures, I'm going to rest. If you're leading me beside the still waters, I'm going to rest. I wrote something down here that I want you to see. I thought it was really, really good. In this place of green pastures, I wrote this down. Rest comes because the shepherd has dealt with fear, friction, flies, and famine. So when you know the shepherd has dealt with these things, you'll rest. The shepherd knows how to make the sheep rest. Why? Because life drains out of us due to the many activities that we are involved in. Let me say it again. Life is drained out of us due to the many activities that we are involved in. But God restores our well-being when we rest. That's why the next verse says, he restores my soul. Uh, that literally means he allows us to catch our breath. Glory to God. 
You cannot be spiritually mature and emotionally immature at the same time. You can't be spiritually mature and emotionally immature at the same time. So we're going to have to allow the Lord, the shepherd, to restore our soul. He's going to have to refresh and revitalize our emotions. He's going to have to uh, give us new life through our spirit. Our, our, our mind, the way we think, our will, our decision-making process, and our emotions, how we feel. The Lord restores our soul. If your emotions are high, your judgment is generally low. If your emotions are high, your judgment is generally low. He brings your emotions back to a state of health and soundness. Hallelujah. Somebody say, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. And then it says, he leads me in the paths of righteousness. And the Lord's my shepherd. He's leading, feeding, and, and protecting. And he takes me to a, a sweet, restful place. And he restores my soul. This is where I get new energy from a place of rest. Find the place of rest, church where you can get new energy, everything, everything you can think of, whether it's co competition in sports, whether it's uh, uh, anything you can think of requires that we rest. That's why going to sleep is not wasted time. That's, <laughs> that's preparation time. So we can be refreshed and revived. Some of y'all hate going to sleep. You need to get some sleep. Now, don't sleep too much, but then poverty would jump on you like a roaring lion. But the shepherd guides you into the right course of action. This is what the shepherd does. When it says that he leads me in the path of righteousness, he guides you into the right course of action. Glory to God. And then he says, yay, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Glory to God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so when I go through storms, when I go through bad times, the shepherd is telling us that his presence is always there. It's the promise of his presence. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Do you realize that a shadow of a dog has never bit anybody? This is a, this is not the valley of death. It's the shadow of the valley of death. It's, it, it, and you know what causes a shadow? Light. There must be light and something blocking the light causes shadows. Follow me on this. God is light. The shepherd is light and he's shining his light on you. But the, the, the enemy is trying to get in the way of the word, of the light, of what God is saying, of how God is leading, and it's causing a shadow. And to you and I, it feels like we're about to die. We're in the valley of death, and we're going to die during this period of time. We're going to die in this season. We're going to be separated from God, but it's just a shadow. Whew, glory to God. It, it's, not, it's not death. It's trying to trick you. You know, there, there were times when I was a kid, 
uh, being in a home, I would see shadows in the home and I would run and tell my, oh, I saw a shadow. That's all it was, was just simply something trying to scare me. It was a light being blocked by something else. But it's not even harmful. A shadow has never hurt anybody. Glory to God. We're walking. Somebody say, I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. The shepherd's presence does not eliminate the presence of evil. Notice the shepherd's presence doesn't eliminate the presence of evil, but it can eliminate the fear of evil. It doesn't eliminate the presence of evil, but it can eliminate the fear of evil. And the rod and the staff. Now, some theologians believe the rod and the staff was one instrument. On one end of the instrument was a, was a rod at the bottom. It had like a, a club-like feature in the, on the bottom. At the top, it had a hook. And that's the rod and staff. Some theologians believe the rod and staff were two different instruments. One was like a small little bat. And then like a little, a little wooden thing that had a hook. Now, if it, whether it was one or two, it doesn't really matter. Just know he, he got both of them. Okay. And he used them both of them. So it don't matter if it was one or two. But the bat is used to beat the enemy, to beat the wolf, to beat the bear, to beat the tiger. If it comes, I'm going to beat you with this rod. It's not used to beat you with. Let me say it again. He doesn't use the bat against you. I'm going to beat them and I'm going to get this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to beat them. Boom, there's cancer. You got cancer. That's, that's not in the scriptures. Not one verse. Jesus didn't ever give anybody sickness and disease when he walked the earth. We don't have one verse where Jesus gave someone a sickness and disease. Not one. But we have numerous verses where Jesus took away sickness and disease. Glory be to God. Everybody that came to Jesus was set free. Hallelujah. And then the staff was used, this hook-like uh, mechanism was used to grab the sheep. If the sheep are wandering off, it can grab the bottom of their legs and pull them back. If you're like me, you, you wander off sometimes. And I get the wandering off and, and that, and that, that, that staff would grab me and just pull me back. Come on back over here. Now he's not using, he's not using your dog dead. And, and that's why I had to teach you something. He's not making you rest by giving you COVID-19. That, that was God so that you could rest. That ain't what he's doing. That's not what he's doing. He's, he, he's not using any of that to make you rest. He's asking you to allow him to lead, feed, and, and protect you, and then you will rest. Matter of fact, I saw a Facebook quote the other day. Someone put on the quote, I'm so tired. I'm so tired of being alone. I'm so, they, they, they were just talking about, I'm, I'm so, so tired, and I'm so weary. I just need a break. And, and I sat there and thought, the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not want. He's going to make you lie down. Um, Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden. And what did he say? I will give you what? Rest. What? Rest. What? Rest. I'm going to give you rest if you come to me. And I just wanted to say, go to Jesus. Because he specializes in taking your weary, tired behind and exchanging it with his good rest. Glory to God. Somebody shout, come to Jesus. 
he said he's going to give you rest. He's the good shepherd. And yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you shall fear no evil. Say, I will fear no evil. No, I will fear no evil. I won't, I won't be paralyzed by the bad news. I won't be paralyzed by the evil activity that's going on. I refuse to fear. Glory be to God. Why? Not because I'm so strong. Why? For you are with me. You're with me. That's good news that you're with me. Years ago, I, I hate scary movies, by the way, and I don't recommend anybody to watch any scary movie, but I hate them. And, and if you do, don't call me and ask me to get demons off of you, but you should have not watched that scary movie. <laughs> and so I watched this scary movie, and, and at the time, I was, I, was living, uh, I was living at home, and my parents didn't like scary movies, but somehow I was a teenager, and I snuck and watched one. Shouldn't have done it. And, man, that night I heard things under my bed. I heard things on the windows. Something was coming through the, you know, the outlet. I heard something coming through the outlet. I, I don't know. It was, it was so much going on, and I was so scared. And, and I got out of bed, and you know what I, the first thing I did? I ran to my parents' room. I was a teenager, too, and I ran to their room, and they're like, what in the world are you doing in here? Get out of here. I said, Mom, Dad, I'm scared. I'm scared. There's something in my room, something under the bed. Oh, my gosh. They said, what are you scared of? I said, I'm so scared. So I'm telling you, I'm not going in there. They said, you better get up out of this room. Get out of here. <laughs> Kick me out the room. But the point of the matter is, why did I run to my parents? Because I knew they were with me. Yeah. I, I, they, they, I'm, if I'm in their presence, fear and the, it can't overtake me. If I'm in the presence of my parents, they're going to handle the situation for me. My, my kids do that now. They run in. You know, I'm scared. God, you know, Jesus loves you. In the neck, all right, get back and go to bed in Jesus' name. We got to go to sleep. And so they, 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 come to, they, come to mom and, they come to mom and dad because there's fear. And they know that parents are with them. And the Lord's saying, in the same way, I'm with you. Exactly the same way I'm with you. We're, we're to be like little children in the presence of the Lord. Just, just like this, reaching up so he can just pick us up. Matter of fact, when you lift your hands, I want you to think of the Lord just kind of picking you up. Just picking you up. When I say lift your hands, just imagine him grabbing you on the armpits and just lifting you up. And that's how he wants us to be, because he says, I am with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, storms don't last always. They're temporary. Tough times don't laugh, but tough people do. Glory to God. They're temporary. You're going to get through it. You're going to. And I love how he says you're not going to camp in the storm in the valley of the shadow of death. You're not going to camp there. We are walking through it. Woo, glory to God. We just, and so how do you get through it? One step at a time. We got to walk through this thing. It's not a leap through it. It's not a Superman cape fly through it. We're going to have to walk through it. But we're not camping. I'm not pitching a tent. I'm not building a house. I'm not building no foundation. I'm not buying a dog because we are not going to camp in this valley of the shadow of death. We are going through it. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Watch this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now, once again, we're not free from the presence of our enemies. We're not free from the presence of sin. We're not free from the presence of evil. We're not even free from the presence of fear. We're not free from it. But the Lord says, I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of all of this. Ooh, this is good news. So when you think about this word prepare, I want you to think about God has foresight. There's planning and there's preparation. So he knew that you're going to have to walk through this valley of shadow of death. And he knew that you are going to have to have a table prepared before you. A table is bounty, plentifulness, more than enough. That's when we imagine a table. I mean, there's food on the table. There's more than enough. And, and in the, he says, you prepare a table before me, meaning he is thinking about me. There's personal connection that he's having with me. So he, he has foresight. There's plenty, and he's thinking about me. And then he wants us to literally, in the presence of our enemies, in the presence of fear, in the presence of sin, in the presence of misinformation and miscommunication, in the presence of all of this, to sit down at the table and eat. Wow, we thought we were going to have to do this. We thought we may have to take off running. This. We, we thought we were going to have to do all type of things, but he says... Rest, sit down, eat. I am your shepherd. Hallelujah. Mm, this is so good. Uh, I had a friend, he said somebody used to shout in his church. I don't want y'all to shout this, but they used to shout, delicious. <laughs> this is, he like, pastor, he said this lady used to shout, pastor, that's delicious. And then when you're, when you're anointed with your head, with oil, he's given you his precious Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He's anointed you. You have the anointing of God on your life. You have the spirit of God. And then it says, my cup runs over. Say, my cup runs over. Say it again. My cup runs over. One more time. My cup runs over. Too often we are thinking about running out. Too often our mindset is on we are running out. My wife told me this when we had first uh, gotten married and, and I'm the one that handles the bills in our home. And I was sitting down at that time. We were writing checks. Remember now we do bill pay and all that stuff, but writing physical checks. And I used to sit there with the checkbook and she would kind of sit there and I would write the check. And she said, I used to do this. <laughs> Bite my nails. Just bite my. She said, "Settle down. What's going on?" And I'm like, "No, what are you talking about? I'm just writing. You know, I didn't even know I was doing it." And and the Lord. And when she realized, when she revealed that to me, and I realized, I thought, "I'm scared of running out. I'm literally fearful of running out." And the Lord's trying to tell us, think more about running over than you do running out. He, he didn't say the cup was just simply full. No, the cup is running over. It's overflowing. If the Lord is our shepherd, we're going to have to believe that God's going to take care of every financial need that we have. 
I mean, if he's my shepherd, he's handling finances. If he's my shepherd, he's taking care of the bills. If he's my shepherd, he's taking care of the vision that he's given me and the money that I need going forward. If he's my shepherd, he's going to provide. If he's my shepherd, he's going to handle all this. And too often we're thinking about running out of resources. I am qualified to preach this to you because I have been in the position of we're running out, running out, checking my, I used to check my, uh, I used to say this all, oh Lord, I trust you, Lord, take care of me. And then I'm sitting at the stoplight checking the bank account. Make sure I still got, you know, I got, do I got money in the bank account? Uh, I, and on the app, I'm just sitting at the, at the red light. Okay, yeah, there's money in there. Glory. Woo, hallelujah. Five minutes later. Oh, Lord, let me check it again. Is there money in there? I, who am I talking to in here? Come on, somebody be honest. I see hands up. You know what I'm talking about. And you checking it again. And oh, yeah, thank God the money. And before we had the app, they used to have the ATM machine station. I would just walk up and just print out just the balance. I just printed out. Okay, yes. Hallelujah. There's money in the account. And, and, and I was, I didn't realize I was addicted to checking the bank account. And, and I was thinking about myself and me providing more than the Lord shall provide. And one day, we had a, we had a line, a, a line up here, and people were lined up. And I think it was the Garris family. And the Lord spoke to me and, gave, and he said, tell them, don't be afraid to let the bank account go to zero. And I thought, that, was, that, was just, that wasn't just for you. That was for me, too. Don't be afraid to let the bank account go to zero. What are you talking about? I'm talking about trusting the Lord. What are you talking about, Reverend? I mean, the bank account goes zero means you ain't got no money, but you got Jesus. And he says, I'm more than enough. And I can provide for you exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or think. Glory to God. When you, when, listen, say, say, I don't care about money. Say that. I don't care about money. Man, you got to have a right relationship with this thing. It's a tool. It's not a master. It's a tool to help you accomplish what God's called you to accomplish. It's not your boss. Say, I don't work for money. I don't work for money. Say, money works for me. This is how you got to start thinking about this thing. I'm not working for money. Money is working for me. I'm not going to stay up all night thinking about money. I'm not going to stay up all night worried about if the money going to come. I'm not going to stay up all night worried about if the bills going to get paid. Money works for me. Say money works for me. Say I do not serve money. Money serves me. Do you believe this? We got to have a right relationship with this thing. There was in our second year in ministry, the first year was a, was a good start financially for the ministry. I think it was like the honeymoon. You know, everybody, oh, you got to start a new church. We want to help you, brother. Year two, they forgot about me. Everybody forgot about me. And year two, man, it was it was really, really tight. And finances were tight. And those of you that were there with me, I never got up here and said, come on, won't you help me? Come on, come on, because you're not my source. You're not my, I'm not, I'm not looking to you to provide for my needs. If God called this thing, he's going to provide for this thing. And if he didn't, he'll shut the door and I'll go work somewhere else. Amen. And you got to feel the same way too. Well, they're going to lay you off. Well, I was looking for a job when I found this one. Glory to God. 
I'm a, well, you know, they're talking about, you know, half the staff going to be let go. Well, I'm going to find, I'm going to, God's going to lead me because that was not my source. It was only a resource. God is my source and he'd give me another resource. There was one particular time I was on a job and um, they called a handful of folks in and, and I wasn't one of the ones called in. I thought, man, I want to be called in in this office. We're going to meet in this office. And I said, why didn't you call me? I want to be called in, you know, call me in. Oh, gosh. And I saw these people going in and they, they all like, whoa, 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 whoa. All them folks got laid off. They called in all the folks getting laid off. I was like, oh, praise the Lord. I didn't get a name. I didn't get a call. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then I started thinking, you know what? If I was one of those people, you know what? This is an opportunity to trust the Lord. Amen. Amen. My cup, say this after me, my cup runs over. So when, you, when you're writing your bills out and you're paying the bills and that, that bank account is decreasing, and you start saying, my cup runs over. So let me get back to year two. So in year two, it was tight. And we were at this point, man, I don't know how we were going to pay the rent on the, on the church building. And I just thought, well, I literally thought this. I said, well, it, it, we had a good year. I mean, if we if we can't, God can't pay the, the, if he, I mean, this is his bills. If he don't want to pay it, then he don't want to pay it. And so, you know what? Uh, we had a good year. We're just going to wrap the thing up and uh, tell the people, hey, we just, God didn't do it. And I had made a deal with the Lord. You want to hear this? Some of y'all need to be bold. I made a deal with God. You made a deal? I made a deal with God. I made a deal with him. I said, if I, and I said, Lord, I'm going to do everything you tell me to do. Everything you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Now, I understand I'm not perfect and that sort of thing, but I'm going to endeavor to do everything you tell me to do. And then I said, but, it, but if you don't come through, I'm going to tell everybody. Well, it wasn't me. It was the Lord. He didn't come through. How many of you bold enough to make a statement like that? And the Lord said to me, deal. You do everything I tell you to do, I'll come through. And he always does. You do what you you do what I tell you to do. You ain't got to worry about nothing else. So at that point, it was tight. And I said, well, I, I started. Did I do everything the Lord told me to do? I did everything the Lord told me to do. I said, well, this is his thing. And he going to have to he going to have to have the cup running over. And I remember at that particular time um, when we first started the church, I think we went. I think we went. I got states. I think we went like four Months. I never took a, a received a, a salary from from the church. The first four months or something, I was just just serving the Lord. And finally, the board was like, "You need to start taking a salary." And so we eventually started taking the salary. At that point, I was thinking about it was so tight. I was thinking about giving up the salary. Like, I mean, we gotta. It's so tight. We gotta give it up. And and uh, the board was like, if you, "If you if you bow your knee in this instance, you'll never get another salary again." Now, they weren't telling me as in they were leading it. They were simply saying, bowing your knee now will always cause you to bow your knee. You're going to take a stand and say, I trust God. Somebody say, I trust God. And so I said, OK. And um, I ended up calling another pastor and I told him what our board had said. And the other pastor said, I agree. If you bow your knee in this and just and don't take a salary for yourself, I agree with them. You're going to have to, God's going to, you're going to have to trust God. Well, we're coming up. The rent's due now. It's, it's coming up. I said, well, I trust the Lord. All of a sudden, I get a call from a person that don't even go to our church. They, they just said, hey, man, the Lord, uh, the Lord told me to do something for you. How much is the rent? I ain't said nothing to nobody. How much is the rent on the church building? 
I was like, oh, well, I told him how much it was. It's the Lord told me to write out a check for how much the rent was. It's, it's coming. You, you, I'm a, you know what? I'm going to overnight it. I said, glory to God, that check came in. Hallelujah. <laughs> Stacy and I, we, I ran into her closet. I said, babe, the rent is paid. And we did a little jig in the closet. Hallelujah. And, and listen, listen, my cup runs over. It's running over. It don't matter how God gets it to you. Just know he going to get it to you. If this is a vision that he has called for your life, he's going to provide for it. I don't know how. I don't know when. I'll tell you this. He won't be late. He won't be late. It might be up, up until the date, but he won't be late. It's coming in because your cup is overflowing because the Lord is your shepherd. You shall not lack. Hallelujah. I say, say, I shall not lack. And it could be employees. You need employees. It could be resources. It could be opportunities to meet new people. I shall not lack. I shall not lack. I shall not lack. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. Well, it sure enough feels like I'm lacking, but the scriptures say the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He is my shepherd and I shall not lack. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, what verse are we on? We're on verse which ones? Um, six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I want to pause there before I read this last part. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Now, if you look up this word goodness, the word goodness means kindness, prosperity, overflow. And mercy is not getting what you deserve or simply endless love. So watch this. Surely overflow, plentifulness, kindness, and not getting what I deserve shall follow me all the days of my life. Now, if you really consider this passage of scripture, you cannot be afraid of the future. It is impossible to be afraid of the future if you really believe this first, it doesn't matter what the future holds. The Lord's my shepherd and he's telling me, surely, not maybe, but surely, not, uh, you know, sometimes, surely, not once in a while, goodness and mercy, surely, this is a sure thing. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I started thinking about this first for the last couple of weeks, just just thinking about this. Like, why am I afraid of the future if goodness and mercy is following me? Why am I scared of the next six months or, well, you know, what's going to happen next or what what are we going to do next or or are we going to have enough for this or are we going to have enough for that or why goodness and mercy is following me. That simply means when I take a step, goodness and mercy is taking a step. But goodness and mercy is not taking a step until I take a step. Mm. I hope y'all got this. If I take a step, because it's following me, so if I stand still, it's going to stand still. 
But if I take a step, oh, there come goodness and mercy. I take another, oh, there come overflow. I take another step, there come, oh, I didn't get what I deserve, praise the Lord. There come another one, there's endless love following me. Here come another one, there's so much kindness right behind me. We can't be afraid of the future with goodness and mercy following us, not some days of our life, all the days of our lives. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. All the days of our life, goodness and mercy shall follow me. And then he says, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not only will I continue to dwell in the house of the Lord and in a church, a community, a body of believers is not only a symbolic of the house of the Lord. It really is. We are the house of God together, not separate, but together with the house of the Lord. But this is a promise of eternal participation with him in heaven. That not only will I dwell in the house of the Lord here on the earth, and I shall continue to return and continue to return and continue to return to the house of the Lord, but heaven is, is the house of the Lord. And I will dwell with him forever. This is a promise from life, and then after death, this promise continues. After we depart from this earth, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ministry moment. If we start considering this passage of Scripture, and we start putting this passage of Scripture on the inside of us. And every day this past week, I've read this passage of scripture in various translations, just trying to just ring out all that it has. And I ain't even touched the surface of how much is in this passage. David was a king who wrote this. We're not talking about a, a, a poor man. We're talking about a wealthy man says, I gotta have the Lord as my shepherd. I shall not want if I have him at my shepherd. He, he, he's going to make me lie down in green pastures. He's going to lead me beside the still waters. He's going to restore my soul. He's going to leave me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I shall fear no evil for you are with me. David said, your rod and your staff, they, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'll be with you forever. Listen, church, if we really believe this, and I don't want you to try to muster up something like, I'm going to muster up believing. No, just keep reading it. Keep reading, and it'll be deposited. That's how belief works. Keep looking, reading, saying, and then it comes into your heart. This is how lies work. Lies work the same way. You just keep hearing the lie, keep hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, and then you'll start believing the lie. That's how lies work. Truth works even greater than that because truth never fails. And truth supersedes lies. You keep believing this. It'll, it'll resonate on the inside of you. And then you'll get to a point that you don't fear death 
because you'll be with him forever. You, you'll get to a point where you don't fear being a failure because surely goodness and mercy will follow you. You'll take risks, godly risks, because the Lord is my shepherd. And he's leading me to step out and take this risk. You'll purchase the equipment that seems like it costs a lot of money because the Lord will provide. Hallelujah. The Lord's my shepherd. I shall not want. And the only way to get to heaven, do you know the only way to get there? Huh? What's the only way to get to heaven? Jesus. He's got to be your shepherd. Can't be your papa. Can't be your, your auntie. Can't be Dr. Phil. Can't even be pastor. I can't get you to heaven. It's the Lord. Jesus. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.